Season 3, Chapter 1 Conversations The brain has corridors surpassing material space. Emily Dickinson Conversations Nope. In the end, I decided not to. I've been busy with the garden, as you may have noticed. <laughs> it is a lovely day, and how clever of you to change the subject so quickly. And you, what are your plans for the afternoon? Hmm, sounds nice. I look forward to seeing what you create. You know I love your sketches. How can you say that? I hang all of them. That should tell you something. The wall beside the kitchen is slathered in charcoal drawings of rivers and trees and rocks and mushrooms and crows. True, I did not hang that sketch, so technically I hung all but one. Okay, on that note, I'm letting you go now. I have work to do. Well, for starters, the front porch needs sweeping from the mess I made yesterday, and the squirrels are nesting in the shed again, so that needs to be addressed. And there are books to read. But more importantly, why am I justifying my time to you? You're practically a child. Adulting means doing work from time to time. I can't just fish all day. The cabin is sturdy and well-appointed. The sofa is soft and covered in worn mohair the color of cocoa. Luxurious wool rugs and hues of cranberry and goldenrod beckon bare toes to stretch and explore. Oil paintings of trout and various landscapes glow under brass gallery lining. Everything is lovingly placed, artifacts from a life of understated wealth and good choices. Suit yourself. You know how to make yourself at home here, but I am off to sweep the porch canning is messy work, but you must have noticed the progress I made. Impressive, right? Behind the woman, the countertops sparkle with rows of canned beans and pickled onions. The daylight has already let itself in through the kitchen window and is playing with the blue glass of the jars. Walk with you? To the brook? Today? Okay, but later... Just give me a few hours and then I'll go. Right now, I'm off to sweep. There is one rocking chair on the porch. There used to be two. It is moved aside as onion skins and bits of green are swept away. There is a small painted table near the rocker, and it's just big enough to hold yesterday's teacup steady as it sits atop a stack of books. As if in defiance, a vase of flowers has been added. The Rudbeckia is leaning everywhere, gobbling up the precious real estate of the table. The woman's broom moves expertly around it. Nothing is disturbed. The entire homestead sits beside a lake at the center of a clearing. Across from the cabin is a storage shed and a garden bursting with spent tomato plants and oversized beet greens. The beans have been picked, and the lettuce has long since passed. The gate is left open now, allowing the wild rabbits access to the last few bits of this and that. Winter will be hard on everyone. 
The voice of Molly Drake is playing from the dated stereo. Its speakers have been adjusted to push the music out of the windows and into the garden that hummed all summer. Happiness is like a bird with twenty wings. The trees watch and listen, too, just like they did yesterday and the day before that. When the music plays, their branches reach out to touch the treble notes of the piano as they float by on their way from the clearing into the dense forest of pine, larch, and white spruce. The aroma of balsam and tea berry is sweet and subtle, ever-present. There is nothing for miles except this place and these woods and a lake and a brook and a quiet strip of gravel that calls itself a road. The maple and birch that line the road are whispering words of change. Their language is red and gold, yellow and pink. Little weaver bird, get weaving. Hours pass quietly as the porch is swept, the teacup is washed, and the hole in the shed is patched. It is afternoon now, The fishing won't be any good, but the woman will go on the walk anyway. It's important. The path to the brook is well-worn and meanders through the woods for nearly a mile before slowly pitching downward toward the car-sized boulders that hide the moving water. Ferns and moss wait there, eager to disprove anything you thought you knew about the word green Despite her playful banter, the woman walks whenever she is asked. She knows she's needed. Her companion wants to sketch, and you can't sketch when you're afraid. How can there be fear amidst such beauty? The woods are safe enough, stay prepared and alert, and no harm can come to you. But it's not the woods, and it never has been. It's the road. The gravel road that passes the woman's cabin is a blue vein that carves and curves its way along the western woods of Maine toward Canada. Logging roads, both old and new, branch off into miles of nothingness. In any given year, the number of travelers passing by can be counted on two hands. Most are hunters and anglers that speed on by, eager to make the most of a precious weekend or vacation day. Just a gravel road. Except, roads are the province of humans, and humans are unpredictable and deadly. The woman had come to understand this on a particularly long walk with her companion one day. She had been led to a clearing several yards off the road, and not far from the bones of a long-abandoned summer camp. The clearing was marked by a wooden cross, its white paint now a graceful shade of gray. The woman stood silent, carefully considering the scene before she spoke. This area, right here, this is the spot where you died. Conversations Written and performed by Bridget Emmons. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Main Stories and visit my website at BridgetEmmons.com. Thanks for listening.